Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS version. This is Colin Wilson. Why the new BCS? Because it's Brett, Colin, and Stucky. First reported by our own Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy is Sources. Hey, Lane. Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Before last season, the record for fourth down attempts was 46. Well, thank you. I did not know we set a record. Yeah, I'm Scott Van Pelt. Thank you so much. Exciting finish. Sorry, Stucky. Uh, we are here in an unstructured format. We're going to record on Monday nights. We've been doing this for weeks. Uh, we are going to talk to you guys about everything outside of the box. A little loose conversation about what's going on in college football right now. <laughs> Brett, we have Brett traveling on the road. Uh, I laugh because he actually left and now he is coming back, but <laughs> no, we want to. We we uh, we're going to leave you guys with one big takeaway, a wager at the end of the show. We're actually six and one so far. I'm going to get stumped again. I don't know what the question is. Brett's going to ask, but before we get to all of that, gentlemen, how was your weekend on the show? I went four and two on the show. I had a winning, but win won both best bets. Uh, thank you, Baylor, for not scoring at the end, screwing up that team total over. How'd you guys do on the show, Stucky? I'll start with you. Uh, I think on the show I went three and three, but overall it was my best, one of the best best. Uh football weekends betting of my life so i'm petrified for this weekend it was a big friday a huge saturday um shout to nc state and the refs shout to the acc officials who have been really bad this year <laughs> for keeping that drive alive at the end for nc state to go over the team total um so it's a really good weekend but who cares ronda on to the next no reason to dwell on my end uh brett i'll go to you for, but before you tell us how you did uh and how your weekend was everything good on your end from your house and everything down in uh post hurricane yeah thanks duck for asking yeah we got really lucky the storm like took a took a hard ride about 100 miles south of tampa and uh that was fortunate for us but uh sucked for 
folks down in uh, the Fort Myers area. But yeah, we got uh, really lucky. A little bit of rain, um, some some winds, but minimal damage compared with you know a lot of other folks south of us. So appreciate you uh, checking on me uh, over the week. But um, yeah, hopefully those guys in Fort Myers and everywhere else will be okay. Yeah, and that was uh, you know it's uh, everybody that's been displaced. You know, our we uh, definitely uh, hope everything is good. But we have a game this week: SMU against UCF on Wednesday night. Rhett Lashley taking on Gus Malzahn as a guy that's from Northwest Arkansas. This is like some Fort Smith Northside Shiloh Christian Springdale High School type stuff going on here. These guys have known each other before Rhett Lashley was shaving. So, uh, you know, what's it going to be like, Brad? You think a Wednesday night game going on down there in the state of Florida? Is anybody going to show up after the, like, you know, everything that's been going on in that state with the hurricane? Did you say Rhett Lashley shaving? Should we bet UCF? <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> maybe we'll see. So yeah, two way. Yeah, you may want to clarify that, Colin. No, <laughs> dude, this will be packed. This will be packed. Um, it's the storm's clear. It's everybody. It's business is normal. This will be a Wednesday night game at U- UCF, the bounce house. I don't think they've ever played a Wednesday night game. Although I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember this. They actually were in the MAC, which is so crazy. So they may have some action games on Wednesday, but no, this this place will be packed. It'll be hopping. It'll be sold out. Uh, nationally televised um you know i think i think it'll be an entertaining game to say the least i think there's going to be a lot of points i don't have the total in front of me but i would certainly think to lean um over it after seeing tcu and smu and what what you see how quickly ucf runs their offense so stuck i made i made the game a pick it was three and a halves are gone it's down to a three you know over under is at 64 and a half that hasn't had any movement I don't know. The market says, uh, you know, the under is going to come in here. I have a hard time believing that. Uh, a part of me is like, this is kind of like a, a Jedi master versus his Padawan here with uh, Malzon. Although that would make Malzon a, a Jedi master, which I'm not sure is really true. You got a, you got a feel in the game for anybody out there. Cause I, I'm probably leaning central Florida. I just haven't bid on it yet. Yeah. I, I'm leaning central Florida too. I, I don't show a ton of value in the number, but something that's really interesting in this game. And I think we're going to see a lot more of in college football is, there was an article today, I think, of the Dallas Morning News that uh, a bunch of SMU players are sitting out and going to transfer. Um, none like that are that important. They all play, but like you know, one of their starting safeties in the past couple of years, he's been really kind of phased out. You had a receiver who had like an 80 yard touchdown earlier, but has really been phased out the past couple of games. But I think you're going to see this more and more with the NIL type stuff, and you know, you want to preserve your red shirt. And then after four games, you'll see. Hank Backmar, Backmar did the same thing for Boise. Go somewhere else. I think he was rumored to be going, maybe visiting Kentucky, from what I heard. Um, go somewhere else. It's a money-making opportunity now. Preserve that red shirt. So I don't know if that says something bad about the state of SMU right now, like that the guys, or, or it's just, hey, these guys are looking out for themselves. But, yeah, I would lean Central Florida. I, I think that their offense can have success here from what I've seen against from the SMU defense. But don't really love it. I might just have it on and look for something live but uh that's just something something to keep in mind is these these red shirts and kids that are just gonna say i'm done especially like if you get their couple losses and your kind of playing time has been dwindled it's like hey i'm done i'm gonna preserve this red shirt i'm gonna go somewhere else and get give it another shot so brett we can call this the kelly bryant effect because if for those of you that don't remember years ago kelly bryant played four games backup trevor lawrence was the hot commodity for clemson uh, didn't get a lot of playing time. And after four games, Dabo was like, I mean, give Dabo credit for at least being transparent, but he's like, 
Trevor's the starter. And Kelly Bryant immediately went into, you know, going to sit the rest of the year, going to the transfer portal. He ended up at Missouri. Uh, That's a story we definitely don't need to tell. But, you know, Brett, with the new ways of college football, do we now have to handicap which head coaches are being transparent with their players about if they're going to burn their red shirt or not? Yeah, I'm not sure how to do that, but you're absolutely right. And yeah, give Dabo all the credit in the world. He could have strung Kelly Bryant along, but he he was, uh, you know, up front with him to give him the opportunity to move on. We'll see how many other coaches do that, you know. Some people were wondering if Dabo was going to do that again, but it looks like I know this is a, a DJ podcast, according to Colin, so uh, he won't do that there. But, um, you know, that's the that's the one uncertainty. And I don't know, unless Stucky knows knows a way to do it, but how do you handicap, you know, the coming and going of players? You know, when they it's basically a revolving door. There's no limit on it. It can happen anytime. It's not like the NFL. It's really hard to monitor. And if you can stay ahead of that, like you guys do a lot of times, you're ahead of the game. But, man, it's just an incredible, crazy time right now. Yeah, it's just a constant monitoring and staying on top of Twitter. And, like, I, I just will Google teams every week. I, I just I go to the news and then Google. That's how I found this SMU thing and see what news is out there. It's you just it's a lot of manual labor. Um but speaking of coaches, I, I, maybe this is where you're going to go next, Con. With Chris yeah. is out at Wisconsin and Darrell's out at Colorado. Brent, any thoughts on who's <laughs> next and what your thoughts are? And I mean, we knew Darrell was gone. Oh, Brian Harson's as... next. It's just it's just a matter of when. Uh, you know, um, the thing with Paul Christ, I, I talked with some I talked with some people at Wisconsin, and the you know the AD Chris Mac, McIntosh said that you know the program wasn't headed in the right direction for the long-term health of the program, yada, yada, yada. Well, this is the same guy that gave him an extension 246 days ago. So I don't know how that adds up. I was told by somebody that basically, you know, Chris McIntosh is a new AD. He's inexperienced. There had been a lot of, you know, public outcry for what was going on at Wisconsin, the, the demise of the running game. And basically they were tired of waiting for it to turn around. Whether that's the right move or not, I don't know, but you just, you look at what Paul Christ has done. I mean, geez, double-digit wins in four of the last six full seasons, six and one in bowl games, three New Year's six games, 67 wins while he was at Wisconsin, the 11 most wins of any FBS program in that span. But my favorite note on Paul Christ is, of course, his quote from the 2017 Orange Bowl game against Miami when he's shown on the sideline saying, turnover chain, my fucking ass. Uh <laughs> One of the good guys in the college head coaching ranks, um, I think partly he decided that if he wasn't wanted there, he wasn't going to fight it. He's like, okay, fine. I'm a Wisconsin alum. I'll, I'll take one for the team, if you will, and move on. But certainly uh, that, was just, that, was a, that was a surprise. Stuck, I think you referenced it um, a week or so ago. Not that he would get fired, but there was some stuff going on there. But, um, you know, I was surprised how quickly they moved and, you know, it just shows these ADs now, they're not going to wait around to the end of the season if they don't have to, so they can get a jump on the next head coach. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, what I, I thought it was, I thought we were firing coaches in October to make sure if they got to bowl season, they couldn't retain their job. Now we're firing them at the end of September, which is, you know, crazy enough for me. And if you look at Wisconsin against old coach Brett Bielema, 24 rushing attempts and two yards on the ground, two yards uh, with, you know, with Braylon Allen there, who was, uh, you know, dark horse for the Heisman to start the season. Stuck, do you uh we know Brian Harson's on his way out. Do you think we got anybody else getting fired here? Do you think any other head coaches are I'm looking on? I'm looking at Satterfield. Um 
Yeah. And I I said it. I said Louisville's ripe for like a bad loss and they lose outright to BC. By the way, I think Jim Leonard would be great for that. I'm sure he's probably one of the leading candidates to, to eventually be the head coach at Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Satterfield next. Um, that just makes a lot of sense. And maybe that's a good transition into some of the quarterback injuries. There are a ton of impactful quarterback injuries this week. Yep. One of them, by the way, Malik Cunningham went out for Louisville. His backup came in for like the last three or four drives. His backup, I think, was one of eight for four yards or something. So if he can't play against Virginia this week, that's very bad. Um, it looks like Daniels for LSU is going to play. I was curious, curious to see how that plays out from a total and a spread perspective this week against Tennessee because Kelly came out and said he wants him to be more aggressive, right? He wants him to start taking more shots. And so it looks like Daniels is going to play for LSU. Then you have Bryce Young. Hayner will be out for Fresno against Boise. That's notable. Max Johnson for Texas A&M against Alabama. Not like it matters who quarterbacks in that game for A&M. They're going to get drilled. <laughs> um, but Max Johnson is questionable. And then uh, before we get to Texas, Oklahoma, because that's a whole different thing. Uh, what's the update on your boy KJ? for Yeah, K- uh, KJ Jefferson uh, took a hit in the head, came out. Cade Fortin uh, transferred in from – South Florida. Before that, he transferred there from North Carolina. He was, I thought, our third string. Uh, it's been decided that Malik Hornsby is not our backup quarterback anymore, and his move to wide receiver, I guess, is pretty much in some – we thought that he might transfer out if he didn't get to play quarterback. So, K.J. Jefferson, Sam Pittman was very coy a couple hours ago at his press conference. Would not say that K.J. is in concussion protocol. He said, I've seen guys that recover from this in four days. I've seen guys take 27 days. I don't know what kind of statement that is. Uh, this is the most uninformed quarterback injury I've ever heard of. So that's one. A couple that you didn't name stuck. I mean, it's some other schools. Braxton Burmeister gets knocked out from San Diego State. His backup comes in, Kyle Crum. He gets knocked out of the game, uh, injured and escorted out to the locker room. He was replaced by Louis uh, Amu- Amuave. Uh, San Diego State has no quarterback. I, I I can't imagine I'm taking an over when you and I never have. Never, never have. have I don't <laughs> uh, yeah, and you mentioned, oh, Henry Columbia from Marshall took a hit. He went to the medical tent, went back to the locker room, had a limp. Uh, so, we, you know, Marshall might be out without their quarterback. I think one big one from a running back perspective is C.J. Donaldson from West Virginia. Uh, he was the workhorse, uh, giving J.T. Daniels a spell and uh, standard down. So, you know, that's a pretty big one there. And I guess we'll see what's going on with Dylan Gabriel. I haven't seen a – an update today, but second quarter he slid, took a really bad hit against TCU. I don't think the TCU defender was trying to do that, but it was a nasty, nasty targeting hit low to the ground. They're they don't have quarterback depth either. Like that's it's bad. Yeah. So I don't that's I would take I might take Texas now because if he's out, it looks like yours is gonna start. Card was great, by the way. He was he shredded West Virginia, had like a perfect quarterback rating under pressure, too. So they're I think Sark came out today and said they're as healthy as they've been all year uh at the quarterback position and so expect viewers to start card is there if you need them and if they're going against this oklahoma defense and then there's no gabriel on the other side i can't imagine that this and we don't know the update i assume he's it's concussion and other stuff and i think uh venables came out today and said that there's or levy one of them said that there'll be an update tomorrow uh on tuesday so we'll see but i imagine if gabriel gets ruled out that line is uh blowing through seven yeah now, Michael uh, Michael Pratt's going to be back for Tulane this week, right? Because Ibietta got knocked out of that game, and they went on to Kai Horton, the third-string quarterback, through three touchdowns. I'm not sure if the Tulane quarterback situation matters when the third string is throwing three TDs, but uh, another one there for to watch. 
uh, in, in case you're line watching with these quarterback injuries. Well, and by the way, if Jefferson's out, we know that Miss Will Rogers is going to shred your secondary. Oh, um, God, yeah. Yep. If Jefferson's out, is is as Arkansas, and it's an awful spot here. Like after Texas yep. A&M game, after the Alabama game, now you're going down to to Starkville. If Jefferson's out, is is Arkansas getting getting drilled here? Well, what's funny is is the total opens up fifty seven and a half uh, yesterday, floats on out past sixty two, and then finally it took in some sharp money here in the last couple hours on the under. It's like, is Arkansas going to contribute to this total? And if Mississippi State's going to run their offense, you know it, it's a it's a it's an offense that runs thirty seconds per play. So I don't know how you can get over this total if Arkansas is not going to contribute. But you know they're not healthy enough at running back, and now they're not going to be healthy at quarterback, and this could be bad. I mean, alternate lines. Uh, KJ Jefferson is worth way more than the standard six points of the spread when it comes to Arkansas. Yep, I would agree. So Brett, we <laughs> we kind of went nuts on the on the injury situation, but. Uh, you know, from a Heisman perspective, I think C.J. Stroud is still in good standing. I know that Travion Henderson uh, was a late scratch, but they said that he's okay. Uh, he's going to play. Uh, I, You know, I know D.J. Uyunglele. I'm not sure if his counting stats will ever get close to C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, but... Uh, Can we have a moment of silence for Brett's uh, Stetson Bennett Heisman ticket? <laughs> uh, you cut out. We're having a moment of silence. We're having a moment of silence for the Stetson Bennett Heisman uh, trophy. Uh, Stucky says we should just put it to bed right now. Put it out in the pasture. Absolutely not. 13 and 0. He's got a shot. Oh, he's my gosh. Miss uh, State's going to take well, him out. A couple of things uh, I failed to mention. Uh, if you want to predict who the next coach to be fired is, the four coaches that have been fired so far, they were a combined 4 and 14 against the spread uh, before they got whacked. So if you want to look at some coaches you think are on the hot seat, if they're not covering, that's probably a good sign. Also, another quarterback uh, injury you got to keep an update on. Oregon State's Chance Nolan, yeah. uh, next drain, last week against Collins Utes. Uh, they're at Stanford this week, so that's something to keep an eye out on. And uh, uh, Oregon you know, State again, fans, by the way, are like are happy that that happened. You should never be happy if someone's okay. injured. Because he had five of the worst quarters you will ever see from a – quarterback at Oregon State between the USC game and then the start of that Utah game he was bad um and a lot of people were speculating that he was benched but um Jonathan Smith came out and said no it was 100% injury related so yeah certainly something to keep an eye on yeah I mean from an against the spread covering perspective Stanford hasn't covered a game uh Colorado State we mentioned Fresno State hasn't covered a game Colorado's already fired their coach and then there's a handful, uh, at least more than uh, – there's almost two dozen teams that have, uh, you know, only covered one game, those being the Nebraska's, Virginia Techs, and Boston Colleges of the world, although I think Boston College is going to see some action this week. So, uh, you know, I listen, we've talked about this before. David Shaw is not getting fired out at Stanford no matter how many games they lose and no matter how many times they don't cover, right, Brett? No, absolutely not. Yeah. He's, he's built up too much equity. The same with Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Now you may see wholesale changes on the staff, but uh, they're not get they're not getting rid of Fitz or uh, David Shaw. Before we get to the source of stuff, let me just ask you guys one question right now. As of right now, from what we've seen from the top teams, um, is Clemson going to end up getting into the college football playoff? And then, if you care about coming to that, fine. But more importantly, as of right now, who's going to be who's your national champion? Is it? I see Georgia took a big step back again for me. Um, it's the year of revenge, so. I said at the beginning of the year, it's Alabama, Ohio State. I still think that's where we're at. Colin? Well, Brett doesn't have Clemson in the college football playoff. I'm checking his uh, 
bowl projections on the Action Network. He still has it as a Big Ten SEC all college football playoff. But I am telling you right now, the Clemson team that beat NC State and the advanced numbers that I'm seeing out of DJ, that is a college football playoff team. Can they win a game in the college football playoff? I don't think so. The, I, but you know what, Stuck, you and I debated this on the podcast last week. The defense hasn't been full strength. I mean, they had guys in their two deep starting uh, uh, depth chart that they put out. And then, you know, Makubu didn't even show up and play. I mean, he was still too injured, even though he was listed as being a starter for that game. And then Barisi was out. That defense has just had a lot of players. Xavier Thomas is, you know, not there. So I, this is a defense I think is going to be better in five weeks, six weeks than it is now. So, yes, I think Clemson absolutely is going to be in the college football playoff. Brett, are you going to go against your uh, all Big Ten, all SEC uh, projection here? Uh, I'm going to stick with it until Michigan loses. I agree that Clemson looks better and better every week. Uh, also, USC has to commit more than one turnover. Or they could they could screw that up. Uh, I don't feel as confident about it because I didn't. But Clemson has improved greatly. So and look, I'd love it. I'd rather have four conferences in there instead of uh, two or three. So. But I'm going to stick with Michigan until they drop a game. So, what do you think? Who, who you got? Anybody outside the the big three that you think uh, can get there and win a game? Actually, you're not a believer in Clemson. Did you did you become a believer? I'm going to tell you right now. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you who it is right now. It's a man who has many thoughts on eloping. A man who has many thoughts on weddings. A man who has many thoughts about many things. Michael Leach in Mississippi State. Um, their schedule is insanity. They're going to have a loss, but they're going to have opportunities to pick people off. Um, I doubt they'll be able to get there. But by the end of the year, they could be like a top five or six team. So now Arkansas is going to beat them now that I'm saying this. But with Will Rogers and that offense, and the defense is really good, I don't know. They're like a, a, a sleeper name. I, I, they're, they already have a loss, and they're scheduled way too hard, so I don't think – I can't really seriously say that they're going to get to the college football playoff because it's I I doubt it. Um, Tennessee, maybe they're going to play Georgia. Mississippi State's going to play Georgia. That's why I'm mentioning these teams and like they have the offenses that if for whatever reason they got they were that fourth team and we're trying to figure out you're going to have to go in you're going to have to score a ton of points to beat Alabama or Ohio State right so you have to have an offense that is you're not going to stop them um, you're going to have an offense that just goes off and keeps up with them and beats them in a shootout. So I don't know. Those are the names, but I, I really think at the end of the day, it's we're going to have two left standing, and that's Alabama and Ohio State. I mean, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, I project them to be if they were to play Clemson, Mississippi State, and Tennessee were to play Clemson right now in a neutral field, I'd make the game three and a half. I mean, it's not crazy whatsoever. It's just you know the rigors of this SEC schedule: teams getting beat up, injuries going on, Georgia not being able to stop you know at the point of attack. I mean. I mean, Mississippi State, Tennessee is an SEC championship game, not completely out of the realm of, you know, we don't know what Bryce Young, what's going to happen with Bryce Young. So we'll see. All right. It is time for sources stumper. Brett, I will hand it over to you because obviously this is not my section of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's become very apparent. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain. Too. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Sources Stumper, America's favorite game show. Uh, Stucky leads uh, so far, six to two. The call in six points are available today. Uh, Stucky goes first. And in honor of our crack college football editor, Pete Rudin's birthday, 
Pete is an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I wasn't sure how many are still left, but he's one of them. And anyway, I hope he scores more on his birthday than Iowa's offense this year. And speaking of Iowa, last week against Michigan, Iowa was, was trying to win for the sixth time against a top five team. They obviously were not successful. However, that is nowhere near the most wins against top five teams as an unranked team. So, Stuck, here's the question. What are the four teams that have the most wins when they are unranked when they play against a top five team in the AP poll era since 1936? Two hints for you guys. The top four teams are all power five schools, and three of these four schools are from the same conference. Stucky, what's your first guess? Let's go with the spoiler makers, Purdue. Wow, Stucky. Nice job. They they have 17 wins against top five opponents, more than any school on planet Earth. Colin, you're up. Well, a I couple should. recently, too. Like they beat Ohio yeah. State, I think. Exactly. Yeah, the Ohio State one was that was the other team that I know has upset top five teams all the time recently is Pittsburgh. Can I go with Pittsburgh? You can go with Pittsburgh. They're not in the top four. Damn. Sorry. Stuck um, I'm going to stay Big Ten, and I'm going to say Penn State. That is not correct, Stuck. Sorry. Yeah, they're probably right yeah. too much. I'm going to stay in the division and say Michigan State. Yeah, Colin, you're on the board. Spartans, 10 wins against top five opponents when they are unranked. So, obviously, I'm looking for another Big Ten team. I'm going to say Wisconsin. Nope. And I'm going to say Minnesota. Nope. Right, you stuck. It's like a tennis match. Ohio State? Unranked. They're unranked. Nope. That's my guess. All in Europe. I'm down to two really terrible teams, so let's go with Nebraska. Sorry, Colin. Stucky, you're served. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go out of the Big Ten. I don't know what it could be. I, I'm, how about Arkansas? No. <laughs> okay, Colin. Illinois. <laughs> Illinois, yes. Nice. So you they have 11 wins against top five teams. So now we're down to one more. All it's right. Power Five school. It is not in the Big Ten. Uh, Auburn? Oh, that's no, what I wanted. No. Good Ooh. guess. That was a good guess. That's Colin? The, I will say LSU. Wrong. Okay. It's a Pac-12 school. Go oh, ahead, start. Man. USC. Yep. Very good. They've got 11 top five wins. So two points each. Uh, since it's OU Texas week, I got a bonus question for you guys. In a, the, about the past 80 years since World War II, I was a freshman in college back then. This will mark how many times has this game been played in basically the past 80 years where both teams have not been ranked like this year. So Stuck, give me a number. And then Colin, you make a guess and closest closest win. So out of 80 years, how many times will this make it that both teams are not ranked? I have five. Colin has eight up. Oh, wow. Stuck. It was this is the sixth time. Oh. Great guess. Wow. 80-year history, and this is only the sixth time both teams are not ranked. Uh, have fun in the SEC. And the final question, Colin, you get to go first. What's the last year that both Oklahoma and Texas were not ranked when they met in Dallas? I'm going to go 1998. Stucky? That's right. I think that's right. I'm, uh, 
That's crazy. I was going to say 1998. I think I read it today. I'll make it fun. I'll say 1999. Colin, you nailed it. It stuck to your right, too. But Colin went first. It was 1998. People forget how bad OU was before that national championship win against Florida State. That team was so bad. They were in a bad position before that. Yeah, they were also unranked in 1997. So bad two-year stretch there for uh, for Bevo and Boomer. So uh, current leaderboard, Stucky, nine points. Colin, five. You didn't didn't lose any ground, but you didn't gain any ground either. And uh, now – Brad, wait, trivia, trivia question for you. Who was the defensive coordinator on that 98 Oklahoma team? The head coach was John Blake. Um, yeah, but who was the D coordinator? Jesus. Ted Roof. <laughs> Rex Ryan. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, as an Oklahoma State fan, um, the late 90s, that the, that was the good old days for us. Oklahoma went through <laughs> went through Blake, Schnellenberger, Gary Gibbs, uh, rough times. And then uh, some guy named Stoops got hired and kind of hadn't changed ever since. Love that Spurrier visor. He brought it over. Brought it over. All right. So I have not made up any ground on Stucky and the source is Stumper. We'll try again next week. Before we move on to the very last segment, which is one big takeaway, we are six and one on this show. This very short career of this fabulous podcast, the new BCS. We are six and one in our early week one takeaway wager. Guys, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take San Jose State. Uh, they are going to be playing this week against UNLV. If you're going to play against UNLV, and uh, and Brumfield and Robbins and that ground attack that UNLV has, you have to be good on the ground right now. San Jose State's defense, 21st in the nation in stuff rate. They're not going to have a problem stopping the run. So I'm going to continue to ride the Spartans, which cashed for us on the show on our on our round robin the other day. So, uh, Stuck, I'll pivot to you. What do you got for one big uh, takeaway wager on this podcast? Uh, well, let's stay uh, let's stay ugly as always and stay in the weekday. Last week we laid six with Boise, which didn't look great early but man they're cutter and those halftime adjustments and getting the getting the quarterback run going in the second half was amazing they just they're, destroyed San Diego State. they're a play on team with Taylor green right they're they are yeah. now a play on offense right yeah. yeah now it might not look as good because teams are going to be like all right now this is what they want to do but the but yeah they they're a lot more dynamic now um i'm gonna let's look we're gonna say really ugly we go colorado state plus three and a half uh, I don't think they've covered all year at Nevada. This is the Jay Norvell bowl. He left his whole staff. A bunch of players are going back. So there, there's going to be like a lot of emotions for this game. The biggest thing for me with Colorado state is they have been unbettable because they have no offensive line. They're also transitioning to a new scheme. They haven't had one of their best offensive linemen for three weeks. They lost another one. They lost a couple more. It looks like they're all back this week, um, which is massive. Like they'll actually be able to block somebody. So I think that this game is disgusting. It's at 1030 on Friday night. It's awful. But I think it's basically like a coin flip um, with Colorado State having their offensive line guys back. So I'll take the hook and the three and a half, and we will suffer together on CBS Sports Network. Two Friday night uh, picks for our one takeaway wager, Brett. Wrap up the show. You got you got some. Let me see who else is playing on Friday night. You got any Nebraska Rutgers picks for us? Mm. No. Um, <laughs> look, if, if any listener is going to watch Colorado State Nevada, I'd rather watch Aaron Judge walk for the next twenty at bats <laughs> than watch Colorado State Nevada. 
Why didn't you go with FIU UConn, Stuck? Or are you saving that I'm, for Saturday's show? I'm saving that for Saturday. I'm writing that Jeez. game up. I'm a masochist. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening right now wondering, why didn't Brett mention his record at the start of the show? Well, you know, I didn't go 6-0 and like the previous week. I only went 4-2. and So, I'm 10-2 and in the last two weeks, if, you know, that's important to you guys. Um, look, I'm sticking with my purple rain, and that is the TCU Horned Frogs. I put this in the app Sunday at four and a half. I did not move the line. Everybody's smart. Now it's up to seven. I still like TCU. Before the season, you mocked me for my Oklahoma State. Go back in time. Take Oklahoma State over win total, which will hit. But I also said my long shot that I liked, which you guys did too, I think Colin did, was TCU. Kansas is getting a lot of love. They deserve it. Stucky, you you watched the Iowa State game. I watched it. Colin, you watched it. Very fortunate if not for some questionable coaching by Matt Campbell. I just think TCU's too strong. The one concern I have is the letdown factor. But when you're going to plan college game day, I think that will take care of that. And uh, I just think the, the Horned Frogs are, are too strong. I think they pull away in the second half. So let's let me give me some more uh, purple rain with the uh, TCU Horned Frogs and uh, Coach Sunny Dykes. I love that pick. I know Stucky and I are going to break it down big time. Uh, The more Kansas, uh, their offense is on tape, and the more they show all that motion, the more that Joseph Gillespie gets to dice that up. Stuck, do you like that pick by Brett? I haven't dove into that game yet, but uh, just from a numbers perspective and on the surface, yes, agreed. Awesome. That's going to do it for us. Stucky, Brett joining me for the new BCS. Make sure and download the BBOC the rest of the week. The group of five guys will go on Wednesday. And Stucky and I will be back on Thursday for our week six college football preview. And then you can catch three of us, Brett, Stucky, and myself, on BBOC Live Saturday mornings at 1030 Eastern. See you guys then. Cheers. Cheers.